We thank Allah for his direct revelation of the Quran. We thank Allah for the guidance that he's provided us through revelation. We thank Allah for the messengers that he has sent us. We thank Allah for sending us guidance through the perfect human being, Prophet Muhammad, the seal of the prophets, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We uh, look at his life as the perfect human being, the life of perfection, the walking Quran. He is sent unto the world as a mercy, all the, all the world. Uh, this is a beautiful weekly gathering that I've been attending, mashallah, and I see a lot of young faces here. Uh, many of you are actually the age of my sons. So I thought today I would talk about uh, the decade of the 20s. You're in, most of you are in your 20s. Um, and I've actually been married for more than 20 years, two decades of my life. So I thought uh, we'd talk a little bit about uh, this decade of your 20s. Um, not to say that the other decades aren't important, but uh, this is where you kind of close out the lid of your childhood. As I become a parent, I see that my ability to parent continuously closes. There's a lid that's slowly sort of closing, and my children are turning into adults, and they're turning into their own, their own egos, their own cultural uh, things they've picked up, their own opinions of things, and at some point the lid sort of just closes. And I, now I have to back off. I have to back off a little bit and let them be adults. Um, you launch your adulthood, you launch your career, you put the first closing chapter on your bachelor degree and start a career and start specializing in your career. But this is also the decade that you decide when you're going to marry, how you're going to take on debt savings, and what you're going to do in terms of uh, investing in debt, which affects your parenting ability and your ability to have family later on. Uh, we know that our, our, our life and our framework and the way, of, the way we are able to see the world as Muslims is under attack. Uh, tradition is under attack, religion is under attack, and marriage, the institution of marriage is under attack. Um, so today I'm gonna to talk about the institution of marriage and what the Quran says and what Hadith says about marriage. Um, the narrative on marriage is about individualism. It wasn't so when I got married. It was about, now the story is, the narrative is, stifling compromise. Uh, say, that ends mostly in divorce. People are throwing out, oh, half the marriages end up in divorce anyway, so what's the point? Uh, say yes to autonomy, say yes to freedom, say yes to experiences and passion. Leave marriage since it's bondage, it's compromise. It's being taken for granted for the rest of your life. It's drudgery, obligation, laundry, uh, have you seen any TV shows that make uh, a, a breakfast look peaceful? It's always chaos as people are trying to go to school. It's always chaos and diapers and loading the SUV. It's it just really, really bad symbols. Uh, Homer Simpson and Marge Simpson are not our models of uh, family. So this is the shaitani influence on family. This is the shaitani influence that we have to look at Muslims. We have to be Muslims and look at things through a different lens. And inshallah, we wanted to take a time, moment, to think about what Allah says about marriage and what the Prophet ﷺ said about marriage. And he married at the age of 25. So right in the middle of the decade of the 20s, he chose to marry. Allah has commanded us to seek uh, tranquility through a beautiful partnership, and I'll go through the ayahs. At this stage in your 20s, you've moved away from parental authority. And again, uh, if a cadet is a cadet, a police cadet gets out in the dangerous city and he's a rookie, we don't send him out into the into the, into the city alone. If it's a dangerous city, he's going to have a partner. He has to have somebody who's gonna watch his back. He's gonna to have to have somebody who, who is second set of eyes, and, and there's danger all around. And that's how we feel with Muslims today. 
Um, you should be seeking an adult partner to have mental, physical, and spiritual companionship with at your side. It's a multi-dimensional relationship. It's not drudgery. It's not, it's not the garbage that we're being pumped in. So the Quran, uh, there's a beautiful ayah that is always quoted during a marriage ceremony. Usually you're thinking about food, so you're not really listening to the, the, the ayah, right? So, so the ayah is from Surah Rum. It's ayah 21. And it says, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. وَمَا وَمِنْ آيَاتِهِ إِنْ أَنْخَلَقَ لَكُمْ مِنْ أَنْفُسِكُمْ أَزْوَاجًا لِتَسْكِنُوا عَلَيْهَا وَجَعَالَ بَيْنَكُمْ مَوَدَّ وَرَحْمَةً إِنَّا فِي ذَلِكَ لَآيَاتٍ لِقَوْمٍ يَتَفَكَّرُونَ So there's four concepts in this ayah. Four concepts in this ayah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about um, in this ayah, amongst his signs, is that he has created mates for you. Mates for you from amongst yourselves. That ye may dwell in tranquility. He uses the word, لِتَسْكِنُوا إِلَيْهَا So he uses the word, لِتَسْكِنُوا إِلَيْهَا Not just sukoon in the moment, but sukoon, tranquility. Dwelling in tranquility therein. It's an everlasting kind of an extended period of tranquility. Um, and then he says, he has put love and mercy between your hearts. Verily, there are signs for those who reflect. So again, we have to reflect to deflect the images of, of, of marriage that we're being given, inshallah. Um, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes a beautiful promise in this, in this ayah. He says, if you do it right, if you do it with love and mercy, and you do it for his pleasure, you will have sakina, extended sakina. So it's a promise and it's a reward. If you do it right, here's the directions on how to do it. If you do it right, this is what you're going to get from it. And Allah's word is true. So what is the state of those who put off marriage as a choice? What, 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 what are you doing uh, trying to put this, this period of time off? And there, there's, there's, uh, there's multiple uh, things that we need to consider. So let's jump to the hadith and then I'll talk about the rewards and the promises. But in the rewards and the promises and the other side and the flip side of the Quran is there's a threat. There's also the consequences of not doing. Is it possible to have sakina? Is it possible to be spiritually, physically, and mentally, and emotionally sound and have your akhirah intact and be chaste and not feel lonely, not feel that pangs of loneliness and depression while you decide not to be married. They're, they're, these are, this is a minefield. It's a minefield that we, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, don't go down that path, go down this path. This is how you're rewarded for. Inshallah, if you could come in on this side and clear the door, that would be great. Inshallah. Um, so um, there's a hadith, a beautiful hadith on accepting a marriage proposal. This is a hadith from At-Tirmidhi, hadith 3090. Uh, you probably also heard this, but uh, the Prophet ﷺ provides advice, says, if a sincere proposal comes to you and you are pleased with his deen, his religion, and his ikhlas, his character, then accept it. And then the hadith goes on, if you do not do so, there will be tem temptation and corruption throughout the earth. That's how the Prophet ﷺ advised uh, the, the hadith. So the threat, what is the state of men and women who choose not to marry at all or choose to put off marriage? Uh, if you choose to put off marriage, you're actually, I'm an economist. There's physical laws of physics. Because there's gravity. It's undeniable. There's physical laws of, of physics, but there's also laws of economics. You do not want to be on the wrong side of the supply and demand curve. Right? You do not want to do that. So if you value something, you value finding a good spouse with deen and ikhlas as a man, and deen and ikhlas as a woman, you do not want to mess with the law of economics and be on the short side. Shortages are problematic. Pricing jumps. So this is what happens. Scarcity happens. So 
Uh, economics is a law, there's, it's, it's a social science, but there's, the, the law of supply and demand is, is true because we intrinsically value things. Again, uh, bachelorhood. I'll just talk about bachelorhood because I was a bachelor for a while. There's, I thought about it, and there's three real alternatives. Celibacy, right? And we know what the Quran said about celibacy. We know that the Quran has said to Christians, you have tried it, you put this restriction on yourself, but you cannot even fulfill your own concern. Uh, restrictions. The second is perversion. If you're not with somebody, your mind is wandering. Right? You have you have a nuts, you have hawa, you have desires, your body has an appetite. And the third one is what? If you're a bachelor, you're not married, it's fornication. You're, that's death to your akhara. And then it comes with relationships that will affect your heart. You'll have attachments. I know people who have uh, personal stories of people who regret what happened in their 20s because now they can't change that because there are children involved. There's other cultures involved. There's things involved. People are not Muslim. This is a very, very uh, sad part of, of, of what other people have gone through, men in their 40s. I'm actually in my 50s, so um, you know, I just want to warn about that. So, um, What is the warning of corruption on the earth? So what is happening if you, if you don't choose to take the path of Allah? Then there's a fitna. There's a temptation of corruption. We have good young believers swiping and hooking up on dating apps. This is this last five years, this, didn't, this, this is something that is affecting our brains. It's affecting the way we process, process looking at other people. Uh, immediate accessibility and availability of, of, of vices. Uh, diseases of depression brought on from loneliness and lack of connection. The pharmaceutical industry loves this, loves this. Uh, if, you don't find, if you're not fulfilled, you're gonna go out and get into debt, you're gonna buy a car. If you look at the advertisements now for cars, it's not about how fast the thing goes. It's about how you emotionally process being in it. Um, China, we've seen a one-child policy where uh, daughters were aborted for 30 years. This is jahiliya. We are seeing jahiliya happen right in our world in front of us. There's 10 plus million marriage age men who do not have spouses in China. They want Chinese women, they want cultural women to take care of their parents, this is not happening. In the Ukraine, Eastern Europe, ex-Russian countries, there's a massive shortage of men. You have another part of the world where there's a massive shortage of men, a massive uh, oversupply of women. Um, so you've got matrimony for money, you've got human trafficking, bondage, sex alternatives, perversion. This is the fitnah that uh, the Prophet told the truth. He foresaw the truth. These hadith are his miracles, if you see them in the world today. So uh, my advice, uh, I know many, many people, some of them are in this room, beautiful young people who have, who, who are married. And I know their spouses, mashallah. And they're, they're doing a great job. Because I see that they're doing it for the right reasons. They're doing it with uh, the love, of the, the, the need for pleasing Allah, the desire to please Allah and His Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So uh, in Surah Nur, which is another surah, I quoted Surah Rum, Surah Nur, there's a bunch of ayahs in the 20s that deal with marriage. They deal with marriage, but in, that, in Surah Rum, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, believing men are for believing women. Believing men are for believing women. Do it right and do it with the right people. These are the special. We are the elect. Inshallah, we are the people of the right kind. Uh, so that's my, my first advice is to know that. And then plant the seed. You know, when you plant the seed, you don't know what kind of fruit you're going to get. But inshallah, if you do it right, give it water, sunlight, you get fruit and you get to eat. So now we're in the age of information. Everybody wants to know the perfect information. When I was in my 20s sending a proposal, I was not a finished product. None of you are finished product. Inshallah, you will all 
die on the on the on the hot and as 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 olia, inshallah. So we are not finished products, and we shouldn't be looking for finished products. We should be looking for people we want to journey with. We should be looking for people who we want to grow with. Um, avoid waiting on marriage and accumulating large debt. So one of the options is, well, I'll go to grad school. Well, if it's going to put you fifty thousand dollars into debt and you're not working, Allah subhanahu wa taala hates debt. You might want to work another job and get savings to pay off your debt, or work in a Muslim nonprofit, work in some nonprofit, so it gets you management experience. There's ma there's ways to do it. Do not spend time accumulating toys. Uh, experiential vacations are great, but debts. You know, if you're not getting an ROI, you know you should not be collecting debts. Allah subhanahu wa taala uses the word war for debt. Um, Observe and speak to trusted elders with good, stable marriages. I mean, how many of us see, how many of us see role models that are married, that have good marriages? How many of us? Most of the time, you'll see your parents fight, but you won't see them, you won't see their physical affection because we have modest cultures. You don't see that. But it's there, the love is there. The love is there, it's just the modesty hides the love from you but you, you'll see the arguments. You'll see one spouse getting frustrated with the other one because they're tired. You'll see them getting lost. My parents used to get lost in the car and I would just, as a kid, just freak out. I mean, I was just freak out, right? So there's different childhood experiences that we have. But, but our parents, was, there's many, many people who have loving relationships. Sit down and talk to them. Ask them, ask them for advice. Ask them what, if they know you well and they're sincere, ask them what they think of you. What, what kind of characteristics you have. I have three sons, they're all very different, mashallah. And I'm listening to them, I'm trying to absorb what kind of person is going to make my son happy here, but then my other son's very, very different, mashallah. I'm trying to stand back and listen so that I can support. Um, inshallah. The other advice I have is that there's this thing called adverse childhood experiences. Poverty, abuse, neglect, loneliness, uh, 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 there, there's many childhood experiences. So we need to take inventory as young people of our trauma. I, I experienced something when I was 38 years old and it was a traumatic experience that relived childhood trauma that I didn't know was there. Now, unfortunately, it didn't allow me to clash with my spouse, but it was very, very serious. And I didn't know it was there, so I didn't have the lexicon or the words to express what I was feeling at that time when I was a child. I processed information. And when it came back to me, I, I took it out. But my wife was there, she was there to support me. And, and I realized through looking at it, yeah, I should have had a counselor. I should have worked through this stuff because it could have been very detrimental. I could have, you know, I could have taken it out of my kids. I could have done the same thing that happened to me. And it wasn't because of uh, a parental abuse, but it was, it, was, it was challenging childhood trauma. So again, childhood trauma, I, I, I call this clean your attic. Clean your attic, right? You clean out the stuff that's up there, inshallah. Um, and then the other advice I have is resolve the internal issues with your family. You know, your family, your parents tried hard, they were stressed out. They have, uh, you know, trauma and stresses of their own. Maybe the neglect was because they were trying to provide for you. So you see it as neglect, but they see it as something that was giving. So inshallah you can reconcile that very, very easily. Um, prepare them mentally, like my children are doing with me. I'm trying to prepare them, prepare myself, prepare them mentally for who's going to come into our lives. And I don't want to have a tug of war or ownership battle. I, I spent some time in Pakistan recently 
just watching dramas. There's these novellas, Spanish novellas, Korean dramas, Indian dramas, and movies. But I was watching these Indian, these Pakistani dramas, and every drama has fitna which has to do with DIL, FIL, daughter-in-law, father-in-law. It's just this. It's an acronym in Pakistan that we know. It's a shame, really. It's about the father-in-law and the mother-in-law and the daughter-in-law, and it's about really. I look at the, the ads. I watch a few dramas with my parents. It really keeps them occupied. But it's about ownership. She came into my house, and she took this from me, and he took this from me, and he's living off of me, and he wants his inheritance. And this whole triangle is what the entire Pakistani drama industry is based on. It's actually quite amazing, quite amazing. Now they're introducing other concepts, which is jadu, some magic, somebody casting a spell. You know, um, so so there's a, there's a lot of interesting things going on if you observe it from the perspective of a Muslim. So. Inshallah, resolve and, and, and for men, you know, talk about to your family about what you want and stuff. For women, make sure that if someone comes to you, that your wali or your uncle doesn't reject them flat out. Uh, Sheikh Rabbani, uh, Faraz Rabbani in Toronto, told a great personal story of someone he knows that uh, a young man who was encouraged to go and ask for a woman's hand in marriage, he knew that he knew the sister from the town, he knew the family, uh, he, they didn't know his family, so he went to the father and he sat down with them. And um, you know, of course, the tea came out, the hot tea came out, and the, 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 the girl didn't come out. But as soon as the tea was sipped, the father said, where are your tax returns? Where are your tax returns? And the, the, the guy was shocked. I mean, he was actually quite shocked. He didn't know what to say. He said, I, I didn't bring that. Because he thought they would have a discussion about deen and ikhlas. His deen and his character, what he brings to the table. The father said, just stood up, didn't even finish the tea stood up and said, well, we'll meet next time. Escorted the guy out onto the street. Escorted the guy out onto the street. This is a true story that Sheikh Faraz Rabbani told me, told uh, uh, in a video about uh, one of his talks about someone he actually knew. So what is going to happen to that man? He went sincerely taking his heart and his, proposing to somebody, and he was escorted out to him for, for, for tax returns not being available. Now, um, that may or may not have been a good thing for this guardian to do for his daughter. But you know, he at least listened to the man. And where's the man gonna go now? Is he gonna go next door and try to find another sister? No, he's gonna go somewhere easy. He's gonna go to Pakistan, he's gonna get married. You know, people will look at his passport and give him anything he wants, right? So, so, so inshallah, this is my advice. Um, uh, so, uh, you know, again, it's, and in this world, we look at chemistry. If you look at the rom-coms, any romantic comedy that's out there, that's put out there, um, they do surveys of couples as they come out and leave when they screen the movie, and marital and relationship satisfaction is at an all-time low when couples leave rom-coms. Because the guy cannot live up to what happened on the show, and the woman cannot get what she thought she was getting in the, in the movie. So it's actually really, really interesting that this happens. <laughs> You know, I, I ponder on certain words in the Quran. I'm not able to read a lot of Quran every day, but I, I do try to look at some Quran every day, make, make, make good use of my view. And again, I have to marvel at the word in that ayah, it's so concise and beautiful speech. And if I chart it out in English, I mean, 
It's, it's about tranquility, happiness, contentment, lack of worry, honor. There's so much in that one word. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's speech is so beautiful. Uh, I sent my sons to a Jordan to learn Arabic, and now I'm jealous of them. Now I'm actually jealous of them in a good way. Um, so it's, it's so, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's words are so beautiful. So I want to tell a short story. My wife picked up a book. It's called uh, The Seven Principles of Making Marriage Work. It has a bunch of questionnaires and things like that and there's love meanings and love maps and all that stuff and it's from a PhD his name is John Gottman PhD it's a New York Times bestseller it's been around for a while but he's updated it and um, so there's two things I wanted to share with you guys one is there's a, a myth about marriage what is the biggest myth about marriage um, the biggest myth about marriage is that compatibility is the most important compatibility is the most important this is a myth so my wife is a tea and scones queen, and I am a coffee and donuts guy, right? Completely opposites. I don't like to go to romantic comedies. But what makes it work is that when she wants to go to something, and I see the happiness that she has in wanting to do something with me, I go as well. And I don't ruin her experience while I'm there. I don't say, oh, isn't that guy stupid? I don't get in her ear and poison her ear about what she's experiencing. Um, I don't ask her to watch NFL games with me because that probably won't work. But you know, I'm trying to do Ehsan, I'm trying to do something nice because it matters to her, it matters to her, right? So she, she, she had a friend, she said, take me to Crazy Rich Asians. I thought, man, she's taking me to a Hong Kong gangster movie? <laughs> I said, yes, let's go. <laughs> Hong Kong gangster movie, Crazy Rich Asians. I thought it was a Hong Kong gangster movie. I went there, it was a romantic comedy. But I actually enjoyed it anyway. <laughs> so number one, the myth is compatibility is the most important. What's actually important is agreeability and conscientiousness. Agreeability and conscientiousness. Be soft. If you're more religious than your wife, lead by example. Do not, do not, do not show scorn. Do not show dissatisfaction with another person. They probably got enough of that when they were kids in schoolyard. Just we're all human beings. Uh, communication is the, not, is the thing that matters most. Knowing what, import, what is important to the person and wanting to give it to them. Giving them their rights and not asking or demanding for your rights. So that's the myth that's busted and, and the actual truth. Uh, the communication and, and, and similar long-term goals. How you want to raise your kids. Do you want to homeschool your children? How do you want to go into debt? These are the most important things. Um, so this uh, PhD, John Gottman, he also makes a claim in the book that if he sits with a couple and they talk to him for nine to 15 minutes about their relationship, he can tell with a 95% guarantee whether the relationship will work and counseling will work or it's gonna to lead to eventually divorce. He can save them a lot of money in counseling, right? Just 5%, he can, he can tell. So this very curious thing, right? You, he sits down, he watches a couple talk to each other and then talk to him and explain their relationship. The nine to 15 minutes, doom or gloom, he knows. So how does he do it? What does he look for? What's the secret sauce that he's looking for? So what he says is that what he looks for is contempt from one spouse to the other. If he sees contempt in the way they describe the other person, he knows that this relationship is doomed. Mentally, it, it's, it's gone. And, and what he looks in contempt, what's, what's the reason behind contempt? Oh, your faults are too great. I can't overlook them anymore. Your, what you're doing is not enough. I can't accept it. So it's the, it's, it's the increased faults 
And it's, it's just seeing that lens of the person. And so what does the Quran say? He actually corroborates exactly what the Quran says. Mawadda wa rahmah. He corroborates that what the Quran says is true with all his practice. And he's not religious, right? So he's saying that, subhanAllah, what he's saying is, love and mercy isn't present, it won't work. He's, he's corroborating through his empirical evidence, non-Muslim empirical evidence, that what the Quran says is haq. So again, as we have lenses to look at the world, inshallah, we want to see the world as Muslims. We want to see the world through the words of the Quran, through the hadith, you know, the sayings of the Prophet inshallah. So let's uh, make a dua and, uh, and uh, respect your time and love Allah, we thank you for this gathering. We thank you for this miracle that 1,400 years from the time when our Prophet walked on the earth, we are still here gathering. Muslims are still here gathering. Young people are gathering to pray and to follow your example, Ya Allah. Bless us, guide us, nourish us, sustain us, love us, protect us. Ya Allah, uh, uh, give our elders peace, Ya Allah. Give, them el give, give our elders peace for teaching us the right way and keeping us on the right path. Amen. Oh Allah, bless those that have gone before us who are in their graves, Ya Allah. Amen. Bless our scholars for bringing this knowledge to us and continuing to inherit this knowledge and pass it on to the future generations, oh Allah. Amen. And bless this gathering and all the young people who are starting out their lives and bring them uh, bring them to the door of uh, bring bring to their door other people who are like minded who can preserve this deen inshallah and build families and communities Amen. together Amen. that can be successful and continue to to uh, Fill the earth with people who, who remember Allah and, and, and make salawat. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wasallam. Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah. Ashhadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah. Aqimu salam. Is there any hafiz in the house? Allahu Akbar. Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah. Ashhadu anna Muhammad.